1: The
2: Pope has made a very interesting statement, which he wrote about many years ago, but his statement basically is this, that the Roman Catholic Church is the only true church, and every other church is deficient, because the way to heaven and the way to God is through a church. I'm sorry to say, and I say this very kindly, the way to God and the way to heaven is not through a church. It's through a person. In his name is Jesus
0: Christ. You like your church, right? You're thinking, of course I like my church. I wouldn't go there if I didn't. It's easy to get so attached to your church that you think that everybody should go there. Some denominations have taken that thinking to the point that they believe that you can't be saved unless you're attending their denominational church. Well, you're going to find out today in Pastor Mark's message The the Bible says that salvation isn't found in a religious system, no matter how good it is. It's found in the man, Jesus Christ. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 2 as he continues his message, Jesus' Present Ministry.
1: Think of your little
2: Italian Bible study, and you've kind of been playing with this deal that angels were better than Jesus. Well, the writer already said, No, you don't worship angels. Angels can't do that for you. They're servants of God. And so we see here that Jesus had to come as a man, a little lower than the angels, and he had to suffer death. He had to taste death for you and for me. as he did that, he's the answer to the restoration of authority. One day, everything will be under his feet. Now, again, let me remind you, not so much for us, because we don't have this background, but for the Jews, they had great difficulty with a suffering Savior. I mean, what is that? How can the Savior of the Jewish people, be a suffering Savior. But notice, in verse 9, he suffered death. So that by the grace of God, you know, by the grace of God, you and I didn't suffer death. It's by his grace. And by that grace, we're saved. Now, let me show you two verses that kind of the writer might have mentioned, who knows, it's not in the book, but it would have been in our minds, maybe in a discussion, maybe in an environment where the Jewish people were asking him, he might have said 1 Corinthians 1, 23. But we preach Christ crucified. Well, what was that to the Jews? A stumbling block. Well, our Messiah can't, our Messiah is not going to die. He's not going to be a suffering Messiah. We, Paul says, no, we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews, and of course, to the Gentiles, totally foolishness. A God who dies, not a chance. Then we kind of see how all this worked. Philippians 2.8, And being found in appearance as a man, he, Jesus, humbled himself. Well, how did he humble himself? Well, first of all, he came as a man. He came lower than the angels. And more importantly for all of us, he became obedient to the cross, to death, the death on the cross. So the first Adam failed. Jesus in the Bible, book of Romans, is known as the second Adam. The second Adam came as a man, suffered death, tasted death for you and I, experienced it, and became our substitute on the cross. Turn with me back to Romans chapter 5, just for a second. Understand how little this sin probably seemed to Adam. Adam and Eve never really understood the consequences that their sin would be transferred to the whole world. Remember, sin will take you farther than you ever thought. Well, here in Romans 5.12, we see exactly how that works. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and what is the result of sin? Death through sin. The wages of sin is death. Death is simply separation from God. And in this way, death came to all men because all sin. From time to time, I'll get an email from different individuals, And they question this deal, because this is humanistic thinking, that people are sinners. And you'll see this very often, that all people basically are good. Well, no, people are not good. Our basic nature is sin. And this is where it comes from, in Romans 5.12. Skip on down to verse 19. You're in the same chapter. For just as through the disobedience of one man... The many were made sinners. Adam sinned. All mankind are sinners. So also through the obedience of the one, notice, man, Jesus, the many will be made righteous. The power of a suffering Savior. Because Jesus came as a man. By the way, this is to me then the fulfillment of Psalm 8. He's the ultimate fulfillment. He's the, from the kind of the generic son of man to the the son of man, which is Jesus. Jesus was made our substitute, atonement. For those 33 years, Jesus was made lower than the angels. But he's crowned, as this verse said, verse 9, he's crowned with glory honor, Jesus is lower than the angels. In fact, we know from the book of Revelations, the angels bow down to Jesus because he's restored back to where he came from. And because of that, it's glory and honor. Now, go all the way back there to Hebrews. Let me give you a little thing to think about. And you can go a little too far with this. And we see some of that in some of the faith churches that go a little too hard, but This authority that Jesus got back, although everything isn't under his feet yet, it will be. Everything isn't yet. He still has given Satan time until he comes back to earth. He's given him time. But what about you and I? Do we serve a God who has any authority? Well, sure. And where is the authority? Well, it's actually been given back to us with authority. Obviously, the will of God as we pray. Look at Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen. Before Jesus goes back to heaven, notice what he says to his disciples. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And then what's he say? Go out and make disciples. In other words, I have this authority. I give some of this authority to you. You go. If you see the blind, you can heal them. You see the lame, you can heal them. You, in my name, you can cast out devils. So the authority has come back. When will the authority be final? Well, we know in heaven, one day, the scripture says this, one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. That's when it's all under him. When will that really finally take place? It won't take place till the end of the thousand year reign. Now, during the millennium, Jesus will rule from heaven, will be coming back with him in all authority. He rules with an iron rod. And yet, sin is not under subjection totally yet, because people born during the millennium will still have a chance to choose either God. Or Satan, And we know that many, at the end, when Satan is released for the very last time, will choose to follow Satan. Now, why will they choose to follow Satan? Because of the very thing we started with. Because every man is born with a sin nature. A sin nature simply means to rebel. You know what rebelling is about. And so, after that, Satan's bound. Then we have authority that's 100% ruled, taken care of, Everyone one them subjection to Christ. And of course, we don't want to be where those individuals that rebelled against God go. We're going to be with our Lord in a brand new heaven and a brand new earth. Sinless for the very first time in our lives. The other thing, remember this. What's this writer trying to say? Basically, the writer is saying this. Jesus is superior to the angels because the angels will never rule. Only Jesus rules. The angels never rule. So obviously Jesus is better. Now, you're back to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10. Here's the second of our four points. Jesus' humanity, humble obedience in death, allowed him to bring many sons to glory. If you look back at the beginning of verse 10, in bringing many sons to glory... It was fitting that God, through whom everything exists, should make the author of their salvation perfect through suffering. But the one who makes men holy, and those who are made holy, are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. Notice the first thing. Jesus is the author of our salvation that word author is interesting in the original language because it has this connotation pioneer one who shows the way to others so they can follow i remember back in michigan in the 50s i was a young boy then but i remember from our church all of a sudden my dad would say well this family and this family they're leaving michigan And they're going out west. Well, where are they going? Well, we're going to this land called California, A. Well, in Michigan, California was the farthest, I mean, from our minds. Why would anybody go to California, A? Well, they were what? Kind of pioneers. If you'd have been there in the 50s, you'd have a lot of money today. And what happened is, over time, people showed the way to other people to come to California. Here's a good place here, and the weather's good, the humidity isn't good, there's not big roaches. I mean, in Michigan, we didn't know what that was either. When we came to Florida, we definitely knew what that was as they flew by here at night or whatever. Of course, they're palmetto bugs, excuse me. Make sure that the Chamber of Commerce doesn't email me. Whatever. They're not exciting, are they? So, what did Jesus do when he came? He was the author of our salvation. He showed the way to who? To God. He said, I am the way to God. And no one comes to the Father but what? By me. Now, I'm not going to get into it. The Pope has made a very interesting statement, which he wrote about many years ago. But his statement basically is this, that the Roman Catholic Church is the only true church, and every other church is deficient Because the way to heaven and the way to God is through a church. I'm sorry to say, and I say this very kindly, the way to God and the way to heaven is not through church, it's through a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. Now let me make a statement to you. We don't want to be known for what we're against, but this is going to cause an incredible amount of comments. Let me just remind you something tonight, because sometimes we get proud. The way to God and the way to heaven is not Calvary Chapel. It's not any church. It's the church, which is the church founded, not on Peter, but on Jesus Christ. He is the author of our salvation. It's Him. We don't put our faith in man in a church In a denomination, I love Calvary Chapel. I know you do. I love the assemblies when I was there. I mean, we love all of these people. But guys, what we're seeing here is he's the author of salvation. A church could never be the author of salvation. Man could never be. We have tonight a wonderful Savior. He showed us the way. He's the light of the world. And he says, if you follow me, you'll never walk in darkness. And if you're following, the word should be celebrate. I'll get to that later. All right. Now, when we consider who we are, our worthlessness, it's kind of mind-blowing to me to think that God would have even bothered with us after what we did and what we continue to do. Remember, Jesus came, and the Bible says he came to his own, and his own rejected him. His own people rejected him. But because he loves us, he is a God of all grace. He sent Jesus to save us from our sins. He's called us to live with him in eternity as sons and daughters. Notice back in verse 11, he's not ashamed to call them brothers. When you were little and your brother or sister did something funny, maybe at school or whatever, you'd be ashamed, that's not my brother, not my sister. Do you know that God isn't ashamed to call us his brothers, Jesus, or sisters? We're sons and daughters of God. John 1.12, yet to all who received him, yet to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children God, Every man, like Adam and Eve, stands before a fork in the road. Will we choose to do life by following the author of life? Or will we choose to do life by doing our own thing? That's really what the whole book of Ecclesiastes was about, you remember? How many dead end after dead end after dead end after dead end did Solomon, the wisest man in the world, come to? And he finally just said at the end of the at the end of his book, his wise book, "Hey, fear God, obey His commandments, get on the road, and enjoy your relationship with God." That's what it is. It's simply trusting the author of your salvation. In fact, the Bible says, "When we begin to follow, the road gets brighter and brighter and brighter as we move before Him." Let me read it to you: Proverbs four eighteen The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines. Even brighter until the full light of day. Now, stop for a moment and think about this. Why did God choose you? Why did God choose me? Because he loves me. Nothing else really matters. Because he loves me and provided a way for me to be back in relationship with him, my whole life should be a life of celebration. Now, you might have seen this word celebration before on a piece of paper we gave you, and you're going to see it many times. Why? After you commit your life to Christ and you're a follower of him, the rest of your Christian life is really just a boring existence with no joy and peace at all. Is it? Well, I said, look at some of your faces. That's what it looks like. No, turn to somebody else and say, if I'm a follower of Christ, I should be able to celebrate. Just turn to your neighbor with a smile and say that, would you? Well, should we? Amen. Celebrate. Celebrate. We used to sing that song. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate. Amen. And I think the writer of the Hebrews probably kind of got them together and started working for it. Celebrate. We win. Our souls are saved. We're sons and daughters of God. I mean, like, hello, how good does it have to get? It's amazing. Now, because of that, Colossians 3 says this. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. Why? For you die to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Here's a word I want you to say at the end of that. Celebrate. Very good. Amen. Where did amen come? Celebrate. Let's say it together. Celebrate. Hallelujah. Think about that. Good. Verse 12. He says I will declare your name to my brothers in the presence of the congregation I will sing your praises and again I will put my trust in him and again he says here I am in the children God has given me in these next few verses there from Isaiah and all over different parts of the old testament again this writer is validating the old testament How important was that for these Jewish people? Very important. How important is it for us to know that the old and the new go together? It's God's word. It never, ever is void. Now, Isaiah 8.17 says this, I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob. I will put my trust in him. You see, while Jesus was on this earth, As a man, he had to put his trust in God. Jesus, when he came to earth, he didn't operate with his divine powers. He operated in total subjection to the Father. Why? As an example for you, an example to me. Not my will, Jesus said, but your will. Jesus would say to his disciples, I don't do anything unless the Father tells me. As a man, he operated under the authority of the Father. That's, he had to trust him. Can you imagine that morning? I don't know what you're in Jesus' mind. They're heading back north, and God says to Jesus in, his, in their devotion time, Son, you're going to Samaria today. God, uh, we don't go to Samaria. We go around Samaria. No, you're going to Samaria today. Okay, God, I trust you. He had to trust him. Do you know he had to trust him in the Garden of Gethsemane? What did Jesus ask the Father? Is there another way? The Father said, no, there is another way. What did he have to do? He had to trust him. He had to have faith in him. That's what I think you and I need to understand in all our ways Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. When I was reading this, Isaiah 8, 17, I think this is a word for a few people here and maybe even by the internet. Let me just list this first part of you. I will wait for the Lord. I've learned this in my life. When there's a path before me, And it looks like I should go this way and it looks like I should go that way. Sometimes I get confused. I go back to the book of James. It says, ask for wisdom and don't doubt, don't waver.
0: Pastor Mark taught today about how sometimes being a Christ follower can be a grind. You heard about the trouble that some Hebrew Christians were having. Pastor Mark told you about God's original plan for mankind and how Adam and Eve ruined that plan. You found out that Jesus didn't come just to restore mankind's relationship with God, but that through his sacrifice, the earth would be redeemed too. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will finish his teaching, Jesus' Present Ministry. You'll hear more about having reasons to be encouraged and even to celebrate what Jesus did for you. You'll hear about Jesus' pioneering work in showing you what a relationship with God looks like and how to do it. You'll be reminded of the significance of his death and resurrection. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series in the book of Hebrews. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: is